the new kid in town who gets bullied, an unlikely teacher and unorthodox training, the ultimate underdog story using martial arts. All this can only mean one thing. We're comparing Karate Kid on this episode of Retro vs. Remake. Alright, Dan here with Reggie, Reggie Parker at RP Comedy. This is Retro vs. Remake, episode two. two. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we're comparing two karate kids. The first one was made in 1984. The director was John Avildsen. Uh, he directed his previous movies. I guess he directed the first Rocky movie. That's his major claim to fame. Whoa. He actually also directed the fifth one and would go on to direct the first three karate kid movies. It was written by Robert Mark Kamen. Some of the movies he's written that I'm familiar with are The Fifth Element, Transporter, Taken, Lethal Weapon 3. Nice. <laughs> and then we have Karate Kid from 2010. Director was Harold Zwart. I'm not too familiar with the movies. or He actually hasn't directed too much. Right. The only movies I was familiar with were Aging Cody Banks Okay. and Pink Panther 2. I'm familiar with Agent Cody Banks, you know. Yeah, Frankie Muniz. Frankie Muniz movies, of course. And then our writer is Christopher Murphy. He hasn't written too many screenplays. He actually mostly works on TV. And the TV show that he's famous for is something called Body of Proof. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. I've never heard of it either. Really. So that's who worked on the movie. Sounds like some sort of ghost procedural crime drama. Yeah. Ask me. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) So what is your experience with these movies? Man, well, we've all been karate kids at some point. So the first movie came out in 1984. I don't know how this happened because I wasn't alive, but it was a cultural phenomenon. The movie really keys in on that time where everyone in this country was super into Bruce Lee. Everyone was super into Kung Fu. The ground was fertile. People were ready for a karate kid. I don't know, the crane kick, the wax on, the wax off. I'm not sure why they resonated, but they did. So the Karate Kid, I didn't see the first Karate Kid first for the 1984. I actually started with Karate Kid 3 and had okay. worked my way backwards to the first Karate Kid. I had already, <laughs> I had already known about the wax on, wax off thing. I think I first saw it actually in the second Ninja Turtles movie. There's a little bit where Michelangelo is doing it. Sure. I didn't understand it <laughs> at all. And watching the first Karate Kid definitely cleared things up for me. I think I actually watched this just like the Willy Wonka movie. I think I first time watched this in after school. I don't know. My school showed me a lot of a lot of movies back yeah, then. Yeah, I think that was a big thing. Sometimes uh, substitute teachers were nursing hangovers and they would <laughs> wheel in a TV and eventually you were watching a movie. I guess it's affected my life because my name's Daniel. Right. So a lot of people would call me that Daniel Son. Yeah. Daniel-san. yeah. <laughs> I got called Daniel Son a lot, even as late as college. My guitar teacher was still calling me Danielson. It's like, okay. Yeah. And almost 30 years ago, but, you know, it's okay. It's weird. Like, any scenario you must have been learning in had to be a moment where someone could call you Danielson. Yeah, anytime. Even just, like, friends would call me Danielson. It just transfers. That's how people work, Reggie. (laughs) They see it in a movie. They apply it to real life. That's how movies work. At some point, the student becomes a master. Did you see this in theaters, or did you have to rent it? No, or? no. So when I first saw The Karate Kid, it was probably like a lot of kids, um, either in some school function when a substitute teacher was too hungover, 
or I saw it on television. Like, the first Karate Kid is hard to lock down because it came out in 1984, and I was born years after that, but I feel like it's almost one of those movies that you see before you see it. There's so many cultural references to it that you mm-hmm. find out more of, like, the wax on, wax on references before you necessarily see the film. Well, what is your experience with the newer movie? And in the 2010 movie, I think I saw around that time. I think Netflix was picking up Steam, streaming stuff, and there's not quite the same feeling about that movie because the way I feel like I saw the new Karate Kid was the way people see things now, where you're, you're binge-watching, you're streaming, whereas the first movie is just a little bit more organic. People tell you about things, and then you watch it. Yeah, I... I... Saw the, you know, I saw the first one a lot of times throughout my youth, and then I only saw the remake once, and that's when I rented it off of Netflix. Okay. And I remember not hating it, but I don't really remember much of it. It didn't, I guess, leave much of an impact. I guess, like, kind of like what you said, because the first one, I guess, captured something. It was able to capture something at the time it came out, and then it was just, its influence was felt everywhere, and then, I guess, when the remake came out, it didn't have the same. Sure. The same grab. Maybe we should just talk a little bit. We should go over the synopsis first before we let's dive go, in. Let's go synopsis. All right. So for this synopsis, since the characters all have different names, I had to refer to people as like bully and kid. So sure. just bear with me here. Kid and his mom move to a new town. Their new place has issues, and Kid tries to get help from the repairman, a mysterious old figure who barely talks to Kid. Kid leaves and then tries to make friends and meets a girl, his would-be love interest. Unfortunately, he also meets a bully and his friends. After some back and forth, the bully uses martial arts to beat up the kid. The kid starts school the next day and realizes that the girl and the boys who bully him all go there. He gets to know the girl more and gets in a fight with the bullies. Later at home, the repairman arrives and notices that the kid is doing martial arts. The kid decides he wants to take martial arts lessons, but he changes his mind when he sees that the bullies already take lessons there. The bullies keep picking on the kid, and he tells his mom that he wants to go back home. There is a school event, and the kid decides to give the bullies a taste of their own medicine. This leads the bullies to chase the kid and beat him up. When it seems like the end for the kid, the mysterious repairman shows up. Using martial arts, he fights the bullies and saves the kid. The kid decides he wants to learn how to fight like the repairman, but instead they both decide to go to the martial arts teacher of the bullies and ask him to stop the bullying. It is ultimately decided that the bullying will stop and the boys will settle things in a martial arts tournament. It's at this time the repairman becomes the kid's teacher. The kid shows up at his new teacher's for training, but does menial tasks instead. After a few days of these boring tasks, the kid decides he's had enough. The teacher, however, forces the kid to use the motions from the tasks, and turns out he's been training all along. During this time, the kid and the girl start getting closer, they separate, and ultimately get back together. After more training, the day of the tournament finally arrives. Kid works his way through many fights and gets to the semifinals. While fighting one of the bullies, the kid gets seriously hurt and may have to forfeit. His teacher is able to heal him, and the kid goes head-to-head in the finals with the main bully. It's not easy, and using a technique he saw earlier, the kid beats the bully and wins the tournament. End with Freeze Frame. Both films. Okay, now that we got that out of the way... Boy. That was a mouthful. That's, that's what happened. But how did it make you feel? Well, like you said before, there's it pretty much follows the same plot, but they there are a lot of minor differences. There are some minor differences made to the new film. Let's start with the first film. I think they both operate in the same or a similar timeline, but the first movie really makes you think about it way too much. So, like the opening of the first film, 
is Newark, New Jersey, September. Jersey. They don't, they don't give you a year. They let you know that it was New Jersey. They let you know that it was September. By the time the tournament starts, it is December 19th. So we're talking from September to December in mm-hmm. the same year with martial arts training. That's right. And he wins a tournament. Yeah. 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 That's how good of a teacher Miyagi was. Yeah, that, okay. Okay. I, I'm with it. So they want you to know that these people are uh, Italians. Daniel LaRusso is of Italian origin. That's very important to the movie, though it's not actually that important. I think that kind of goes because Rocky, Rocky was Italian. So it's, so it's the There's first Rocky girl, vibes. Yeah. The, the format of the movie definitely follows the Rocky structure, like almost to a T. Except that it's martial arts instead, and he wins in the end. But it's almost like the same movie as Rocky. It's almost the same movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which ultimately means that there's a lot of things that happen that have nothing to do with the sport that they're participating in. But eventually we come full circle, and turns out it was always about that sport. Those 80s uh, montages, they're great. These two films are almost the exact same film. Right. But there's this enough difference between the two that they stand on their own merit and they tell stories from the era or you know the perspective of the characters in their own stories it's almost like the same archetypes different settings yeah i mean one of the major differences is obviously is the nationality of the main characters like you said before we have italian americans in the original then we have african americans in the remake right what did you think about that for a lot of people some of the subtlety of it being an Italian-American family, it doesn't have the same context as it did at the time of the movie. Like, now, people don't necessarily think of Italian-Americans as being discriminated against. Was that happening in the 80s still? I don't... That's the thing. I don't know for sure, but I feel like there must have been some sort of residual aspects of that. And at the very least, whether Daniel's Italian ancestry comes into play... What does come into play is that his mother is a single mother. Yeah, I think his social economic thing comes into play, but I don't think his race really comes into play at all. I, not that not, I know not, of. Not explicitly. Like, if it, no, if it I, does... I honestly only think the reason he's probably Italian is just because, like I said, following the Rocky formula. Got Rocky Balboa. Fair enough. Daniel LaRusso. Why not, why, if it worked in Rocky, <laughs> let's just keep him Italian in this one. I don't really... I can't really think of any reason that he would need to stay Italian. So right. I think the decision... To just go with an African-American family in the new one was absolutely fine. I had no issues about that at all. What, what I like about the new one is that there's more stakes. You're going cross-cultural. It's not just, I'm moving to California. This one is like, I'm an American and now I'm moving to China. Yeah, that, and that increases the stakes, definitely. Whole, there's a lot of different, there's a lot more barriers to get through. There's absolutely. the language barrier, there's the cultural barrier. There's just, it's a lot more to overcome. For that there's a character. Yeah. There's a culture shock element that I think is more clear, honestly more important in the new film. Whereas in the first film, yes, there is this culture shock moment, but more or less, like he, he kind of gets it, even from the beginning, he's able to get along a little bit yeah. better than um than Dre, Dre Parker in the new film. Well, going back to what you said, it's not really like a culture shock for Daniel. It's more of like the socioeconomic thing. Now, there's more there's like more money out here. I'm more around rich kids now than right. like Newark. You saw it like when he was moving out of Newark. He wasn't even in a house or anything. He was right. just like in one of those, I don't know, like an apartment building. I, mean, I guess he still lived in an apartment. 
still yeah. not pretty rich either. But yeah, it's not really the culture shock because you know it's America to America. I'm still in America, but yeah, yeah jumping from. I'm assuming they never say where they're from in the remake. I, I'm going to assume Detroit because the guy in the plane says he's from Detroit. In the beginning, Dre has a Lions yeah, jersey he, on or something. He so. wears a Lions jersey. I'm going like, to say they're from Detroit. And there's like, she works at a car factory in right. Detroit. Car factory shutting down. Right. Makes sense. Timely. So it's interesting that the mom in the newer film, like you said, she works in a car factory, and I, I get that. In the older film i'm really trying to lock down what it is that daniel's mom does they sort of mention he sort of mentions it uh, when he moves in his mom has her job is rockets computers flight of the future i don't know that's what he says that's right right. so it's left completely you have no idea what it is but there's another moment later where when his, his mom i mean she almost immediately gets there basically trained me to be a manager yeah, that's late. that's a little bit later, but yeah, it seems like she's going to be the manager of a restaurant. And I did look yeah. it up. I think there was a story where uh, the company she went to actually like shut down, so she had to find a new job, and she finds like a job almost immediately at right. this restaurant. That that makes sense because but yeah, yeah, it was left out. Yeah, it didn't make sense what she was doing. Yeah, they introduced the computer element, but you know, given the timeline, it's the eighties, and she was. She's basically describing what to me sounds like like a dot com. Yeah. Again, I know we're getting into sort of more of the minutia of the film, but when I'm when I'm looking at that, it was kind of getting this vibe of a dreamer, and then she's disillusioned. And there's there is a parallel with Daniel. Daniel is basically trying to rely on martial arts to change his life. He's disillusioned by the thing that he's going after himself. Good yeah. point. I mean, so yeah, I, I liked the change that. We're not just going to move to another place in America that we're going to go to China. And then we're kind of on the same journey as Dre. I don't know a lot about China. <laughs> right. And I don't know a lot about Chinese history, but they do kind of squeeze a little bit of that in. Right. Like you learn a little bit about the Forbidden Kingdom and that, that one, the Shishi Festival. So it was, it was kind of cool to see all these different things. And then yeah, they, the, even the Great Wall, you see them training. Yeah, when they're training on the Great Wall. That was wall. really cool. So I think taking advantage of that, that, that was really, I like that because in all you get in the original is like maybe a little beach. <laughs> there in California, there's the beach in the middle of winter. Whoa. Can't do that on the East Coast. I think one of the things the new film does well, age-wise, Dre's a much younger character. Well, he is. He's he's 12 and Daniel's right. like 17, 18. Right, right. So the entire dynamic is different as well. Yeah. Like he really feels the culture shock because he is so young. Yeah. So there's the age difference in the movie. There's the one scene where... Dre's kind of breaks down to his mom crying that he like I want to go home I hate it here this sucks right uh, for me um, him doing that was more emotional I felt yep. because right. he's a little kid doing it as opposed to when Daniel did it uh, kind of the same thing almost beat for beat but I didn't feel so much for Daniel as I did for Dre because right. he's a little kid so you just oh my god I feel so bad for this little kid so the age had its strengths and its weaknesses and I think on an emotional level I was more emotional for Dre than I guess it would be for Daniel, who's that's, older and should maybe be able to deal with that. That's fair. Yeah, there's a lot of moments where, for Daniel, hey man, maybe you need to give this a bit more of a try because he is older. You know, there's mm-hmm. a little bit less of an excuse for him to be taking this on as poorly as he is. Dre, I, I understand it. He's 12 years old. You know, yeah. He doesn't know the language. The character's motivation makes more sense to me in the new film. They do a really good job of explaining cultural difference. They choose, and I think wisely, throughout most of the movie, to not 
even give us as a viewer subtitles. Yeah, so yeah. we can see experience things from his perspective. Yeah. Right. So things are happening in the film that you're inferring, but you don't actually know. And it actually, to me, lends itself really well. Your experience is the same thing McCarrie's experience. Yeah. Unless you know Mandarin. Or no, I, don't. I definitely don't know. <laughs> but yeah, that's good. They, they don't always show the subtitles. So again, you're experiencing things as Dre would. So that's, that's one thing that the remake does really well. This whole world that's really foreign to, it, I'm assuming many viewers, I'm assuming a lot of people right. in America don't know a Mandarin or don't know a lot about the Chinese history. So as Dre experiences it, we experience it. I was just going to talk about the characters' names. Sure. Completely different. Right. So instead of Daniel, we have Dre. Instead of Mr. Miyagi, we have Mr. Han. Yeah. And, uh, you know, everybody's name's different. Uh, I'm not going to go into everybody's name. Right. Even the, uh, it's no more Cobra Kai. It's the fighting dragon. It's like everything's completely different. Um, any thoughts about that? Did we need Daniel-san? Well, it wouldn't be Daniel-san because it's not Japanese anymore. You got Zhao Dre. So it'd be Zhao Dan. <laughs> Which is pretty cool, too. Zhao Dan. Because need... that's one of the things, too. It's they... Instead of Japanese... Chinese. Right, right. That is part of it. There is sort of a close cultural bond, even in the first film. Obviously, the first film, from a cultural perspective, doesn't necessarily do the same work. Yeah. That newer film does. Of course. You know, he's Might just, even play into stereotypes a little too uh, much. Probably at times. too much. <laughs> probably too much. Which is, you know, I guess expected, you know, of the time. You're not going to be like, well, why aren't they thinking like the way I'm thinking now? Well,. As much as that could be sort of a talking point for what the first movie could have done better, I mean, it's also, that is the film. Like, the idea that there's almost this mystical figure yeah. that just exists, is it born from a poor understanding of uh, different cultures? Mm-hmm. Is it born of stereotypes? Sure. They spend a lot of time in the film calling him Mr. Miyagi. No, Miyagi. Miyagi or whatever yeah. it is. I like that. I thought that was a nice little yeah, touch. That makes sense. That, like, of course he's going to say it wrong. Right. Because right. We're, we're Americans. We always simplify things the wrong way or something. He does, he does spend a lot of time doing that. Now, Mr. Miyagi, look, Mr. Miyagi is way more iconic than Mr. Han. I mean, it just is. Miyagi does the thing where he talks about his culture. He actually gives Daniel-san... A history lesson. He talks about his time in Okinawa. He talks about the relation of Okinawa to China and the history of karate. He does it in, I mean, less than two minutes. But I thought it was some Buddhist thing. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like, Daniel is trying to learn about the culture, but he's also not. He spends a decent amount of time just being like, oh, hey, I didn't know that you couldn't do that thing. I guess the kind of like Mr. Miyagi more, not just because of like what he's become since the first film. He does stand out, right? He's just, just this ancient Okinawan guy just out of nowhere in the middle of all these rich white people, right? So he's kind of this really mysterious as opposed right. to Mr. Han who's another Chinese guy amongst right. everybody who's Chinese. So he doesn't really stand out. That's fair. Like, he, he, he fits in. That's right? fair. And Mr. Miyagi, he doesn't really fit in. He's kind of like Daniel. So the two of them, I think get along in that way they don't really fit in and then in that they, they kind of find each other yeah I didn't really see that with Mr. Han like this isolation that he was necessarily like ostracized part of what makes that Miyagi Daniel relationship work is that 
we don't know a lot about Mr. Miyagi. And they try to flesh that out throughout the film. But he's a very mysterious figure. Doesn't necessarily need to be the handyman in that apartment complex, but he happens to be. Yeah. And it actually gives me a lot of questions about how that even came about. Yeah, I always wondered that, too, because it's like, he has this nice house, but I'm going to live in this little shack down yeah. here and be a handyman? You don't have to. Come yeah. on, buddy. You got nice cars. You got a nice house. I mean, is there some parties there. If we're talking about compare, comparing names and characters. Which sad Miyagi backstory... Well, excuse me. Well, one's Miyagi, one's Han. Okay. Which sad uh, Karate Master backstory works better for you? I uh, kind of like the Miyagi backstory a little bit more than the Han backstory. Yeah, uh, they, they touch with some kind of deep shit. Oh, definitely. I had issues with the new one, but I, I definitely felt more emotional with the new one. I think right. that's just like the overall tone of the, the film. You know, especially like at the very end when he's just like breaking down in the car, then right. little Dre gets the sticks out and then they train, start training yeah, right, and then the music's right. playing and then mom's there and it's all it's all emotion. Right, it's all, right. It's, it's like, a little bit more emotion. You can't help but feel it. But no, definitely uh, Mr. Miyagi's backstory is just like really sad I, it's, it's weird because it is very different because Mr. Miyagi is not responsible for the death but and Mr. Han is responsible right. for the death so that he's got like an extra trip on his shoulder right right although like the Miyagi scene where he puts on his old army uniform and he's looking at the picture of his wife he's getting drunk mm-hmm. and all this stuff I don't know it's just the way uh, Pat plays that scene the way he, he yeah. does it. It's just so... It's intense, you know? He's not necessarily making sense because, like, if you're watching that scene back, it's hard to even understand what he's saying at different points throughout the, the scene. But, like, they really touch on the subject matter that they didn't have to even remotely address because mm-hmm. they bring in conversations about internment camps and stuff like that. Yeah. And <laughs> it's like, whoa, this movie yeah, just yeah. got heavy. Yeah, it's you like, know, it's they didn't a, bring the doctor. It's like a slight, some slight racism going yeah, on. Yeah, definitely like, racism. Damn. There's some <sighs> slight racism throughout the film of uh, the original Karate Kid. Like when they're... Uh, <laughs> At the beach. The beach and the, the drunk guy. And, and that, the, the internment camp thing where it's just like, oh yeah, your wife died from complications. Um, spoiler, I guess, but you should have watched the movie by now. But, um, your wife and your kid died from complications in this camp. It's like, whoa, man. It really ramps up the stakes. And also, it does a good job because throughout the film, there is so much mystery about Mr. Miyagi. It does a good job of kind of giving you a lot of backstory uh-huh. without devoting a lot of time to do it. Yeah, it's sort of, I guess it kind of reminds me of like Jaws, you know, yeah. Quint scene. Where they're just like drinking, and then he kind of has this story. It's kind of what it reminds me of. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Miyagi's drinking, and then you just get a little taste of his backstory, and it doesn't, it doesn't really play into the rest of the movie. But at right. least you got something. And uh, yeah, I really like that scene, and I, I felt more emotion in the new one. But I definitely felt like as real as the new one's trying to be. I think they overdid it. Like I'm gonna make repair the car and then i'm gonna smash it up yeah it just felt like yeah. he didn't have to do that he could have just you know he could have just gotten drunk too that's true he that's could have just gotten drunk and then told dre and it would have been the same thing but i guess they're really trying to do something different every time yeah well here i guess i'm glad that you mentioned that that they're trying to do something different yes but then the film is also trying to do exactly the same thing right whereas like compared to our last movie that we watched there was a difference between 
a lot of scenes and what they were trying to do. Mm-hmm. And this one, they were trying to make more or less the same film, but with a different backdrop and with different characters. I think of it as it's hitting the same beats, but yep. playing, playing some different notes. That's it. Same beats, different notes. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, right. I, <laughs> That's my music background coming in there. <laughs> no, exactly. Because you you got to have you got to have a scene where the kids are beating them up, and then the Miyagi or the Han figure comes in and shows that they have like skill in karate. You have to have the beat where both kids are, you know, to an extent. Sure, you know, we're doing what you're asking me. You know, jacket on, jacket off, mm-hmm. wax on, wax off. It's like, all right, I get it. And you have to have that revelation in. Hey kid, the whole time you thought you weren't training, you were training. Right. And like they hit a lot of these same notes, but with different weight and different expectations between the two films. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I kind of enjoyed that, uh, I guess on a level that you have to watch the original just to see what they did different. Right. Like, it was just like, oh, that's how they did it. That was interesting. Oh, that's a different way to do it. So right. I appreciated that. I don't know if you'd appreciate that as much if you hadn't seen the original. Or if you would enjoy it as much if you hadn't seen the original. If it would just not make sense, like, well, that was stupid. Right. Well, the reason they did that is because in the original, they did it like this, so they had to... So I don't know. It would be interesting to see how somebody would react to it if they didn't see the original. And if, they, if it would make as much I, of an impact on them. That's that's fair. I feel like the movie stands alone, but I think without the context of the original, there's not a lot of reasons to revisit the remake. The original, I think it really does have to do with the time and the fact that like this sort of karate and kung fu mania was running through the country. People were trying to get into the martial arts. You know, Bruce Lee had come in and done something that no one had ever seen before, and it really swept the entire country. And this movie is sort of Hollywood's foray into, hey, this kung fu or this karate trend is really picking up we gotta buy in and although it is a movie that sort of tries to take advantage of the martial arts hysteria that swept this country it has enough of its own spirit and personality to it and i think there's a reason why karate kid yeah it borrowed a lot but it became its own thing exactly at the same time exactly my my only concern about the first film because i like a lot of a lot about it this arbitrary timeline that they've invented. And I never really paid attention to it before, but this is the first time really watching the movie and taking notes. From the opening scene, it's September. And then you want me to believe that by December, he's in a martial arts competition with black belts, because that's part of the movie as well, where they're asking him and Miyagi, he's like, all right, well, who's this kid and what belt is he? And Mr. Miyagi says he's a black belt. I, I don't know. I don't know, Seth. I mean, yeah. I didn't have too much issue with the timeline. I know it's ridiculously short and impossible, but I guess I had as much issue with that as, as I had have of like, hey, you're waxing on, wax off, and that's going to actually train you how to fight. Like, if you could suspend disbelief for that, I, I could fair. suspend disbelief fair. for the short amount of time. That's fair. As a martial arts instructor, if you were going to try to put someone on a quick timeline like that, it actually makes sense to train them in that way where you aren't letting them know that they're training because I think you get too much in your head if you're thinking about this big tournament and you're thinking about how the hell am I going to compete with these people that are way out of my league. And in this scenario, I worry that you run out of redundant karate-based tasks, (laughs) you know, whether it's painting the fence, waxing the car, sanding the... the Sand the floor. Sand the floor. I mean, all these 
This is thousands of dollars worth of uh, home repair that's happening. <laughs> he's getting for free. Absolutely. But he's also, you know, he's also giving this kid a quick education on the martial arts. I don't know. That me- what do you think about um, what the... Re- so, obviously, in the original, we have Wax On, Wax Off, right. and, which is the most famous one. And then the new one, it didn't really do too much of that. We only really have is the kind jacket the jacket, thing. The jacket, jacket on, on, jacket off. Right. On the floor, pick it up. What did you think about that and the decision not to follow those beats exactly the same, trying to change it? I think the newer film has to work with the backdrop of a more modern understanding of martial arts. They needed to address the fact that they also made the characters in the newer film are more adept at the martial arts. Right. It's not 1984, it's 2010. People have much better understanding. Even the layman understands karate and kung fu a little bit more. So, like, the new film cannot waste a lot of time with the wax-ons and the sands because people are like... You're still gonna have that moment where, where it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> I get, I get the whole mystical shit, but how, how the fuck? How can you really fight? Right, <laughs> just by doing that. Right, and you know, even the first film addresses that in a really smart way. Like it's a little underplayed, but it's a po- points tournament. So they allude throughout the tournament that. Had it not been purely for points, Daniel would get messed if it, up. If it's a real fight, if he, yeah, if they didn't force it to a tournament, if right. it's just like, now you two fight, go ahead, then right. Daniel would have no chance. Because a lot of the characters throughout the film, excuse me, throughout that sequence, alludes that. They're like, hey, you know, it's points, but we're still going to mess you up, man. <laughs> and he's able to score points on other people in a karate tournament. And if that's the parameters and those are the rules, sure. Yeah, that was a smart decision by now. It is a smart decision. And it's, it's to me, feels like somebody that was involved that had to, like, step in. Like, someone like, yeah, actually did karate was like, guys. There's no way he would actually win. <laughs> right, right. Let's come up with some point right. system, maybe. Because <laughs> even, even his build, in both films, but even more so in the first film, yeah. to me, because of their ages, Daniel is not built. Yeah. Like Johnny. Johnny's built like a guy who's worked out, <laughs> who understands the martial arts. Ralph, uh, <laughs> Ralph is not that. He's like the skinny kind of like beanpole kid who's, who kind of yucked his way into like hanging out with this, this hot blonde chick. <laughs> and it's causing a lot, a little bit of tension. However, because it's a point tournament, okay. I, it's not realistic, but it's more realistic. I'll take it. You know, they, they did enough work for me to say, I'll accept that he could have, in this short amount of time, competed in this format if someone trained him specifically to compete in that format. Right. The other movie, I don't know if they're as definitive with the timeline, which I think is a smart play. Yeah. There's no reason <laughs> to make it two months because now I'm, yeah. I'm skeptical. But, you know, he, they're also dealing with a short amount of time but it's a much more realistic movie, and I think it's because, one, you're dealing with Jackie Chan, who is going to make you respect the martial arts. Not saying anything about Miyagi, Pat, or anything like that. Just different times. Mm-hmm. Miyagi, and that one, the fact that he even mentioned actual definitions about karate is about as good as you're going to get in an 80s movie. Whereas this movie has to respect the martial arts a little bit more, and they... 
they didn't spend a lot of time with the bullshit because they were like, all right, we also need you to now understand that they're training in a realistic and functional way as well. Right. Oh, yeah, I definitely got that, too. It's, um, I don't even know where to start with them when talking about the fighting. Uh, you covered a lot of it. Um, yeah. Yeah, like, <laughs> even even though Daniel's older than Dre, you put the two of them together in a in any type of fight. Right. Dre's gonna win. There's no way Daniel's gonna win against this little kid. They definitely go. Uh, the training's more intense. Um, he's not just doing the jacket thing. They show him doing like a lot of right, things. Right. Right. I mean, like physically, he gets to a very. I don't even see Daniel spar with Mr. Miyagi at all. Like, I don't yeah. think he even knows how to fight. He's just mostly like shadow boxing. Right. Like, how does he know how to like right. take on an opponent? He, there's that one scene where like he's just showed him like all the moves can actually do something, but he never spars with him no. after that he might no, takes a fu- couple punches from him wearing some thing, like you mentioned pads. he takes punches at him in pads i mean that's that's it but like it. to actually fight with another person like even when i was a little kid i was like i don't think this kid knows actually how to fight but yeah but you think yeah. but like you said the point system okay i guess he can get a point here right like he can't actually beat this guy up but he can hit him without the guy blocking and get right. a point that, so that was a smart setup of that, the original movie. It just it makes a little bit more sense, and and again, it's it's a little subtle in the movie. You got to be paying attention, but but they bring it up, and I respect the fact that they bring it up because there's so much of the film that's complete horseshit. Not that that's fine because that's the movie, and we we all like the horseshit. We like the crane kick. We like I I feel like the choreography. For me, in the new film, is stronger, oh. but the storytelling in the old film, and part of it is the new film is relying on you seeing the old film. But I don't know, that '80s goon. Yeah, I definitely like the villains more in the original. Yeah, but I'll get to that. I actually want to go back to the fighting sure. part just a little bit before we get to there. I know I was making fun of like wax on, wax off. That won't really help you in a fight. I think that's part of the charm of the first movie, though, is that these simple everyday tasks can make you a fighter and i think that clicked with a lot of people in the 80s like you said people know a lot more about martial arts today but back then they were like oh my god that's it's incredible that these simple everyday tasks make me a great fighter if i just keep at it and that's part of the charm and i think the jacket thing in the new one is probably unnecessary because when you actually see him do the jacket moves you're seeing him do a lot of moves that weren't just putting a jacket down on the ground right. and lifting it up. It's like, right. that, that's a lot more than <laughs> just putting a jacket on and off. But as opposed to the original, you actually just saw the wax on, wax off, side yeah. to side motions. That's so great. that's part of the charm in the original movie. So I know it's like really fake and, you know, you do have to suspend a lot of disbelief, but it's, sure. it was charming as, as all hell in the original. And I guess that's, that's kind of missing in the new one because they do really try to make it so realistic and that some of that charm is just gone. But if you want to talk about like 80s bad guys let's talk about the the villains in the movie yeah our main bad guy in the original is johnny and then our new bad guy i guess is chang chang in the new film what do you think 80s baddie versus this new baddie what's your take i actually think johnny has more nuance to him in the sense that you you more so understand where he's coming from he's recently dated elizabeth shoe Allie. Yeah, Allie, if you will. So he's coming off of recently dating her. This new kid is coming to his territory and like it and it doesn't make sense to him. Like Yeah. Who's this nerd? 
this dork comes in and he takes your your uh, your ex girl and and like you said, like how is it, what is his appeal? I don't get it. What, <laughs> He's what, a super skinny kid, you know. And you know that's not necessarily how relationships work. You know, you never understand why people like each other. But Ralph Macchio throughout the film, I can't think of one moment in that movie where I understand what, why that girl wants to date that guy. He just thinks he's cute. He was pretty charming. I thought he was had some charming moments. Yeah, okay. I thought so. I thought so. Okay. I can't. I'll give you that. I don't know if I wrote any specific lines he said down, but I thought it was kind of funny. We had that like, yeah, I got this voice in my head telling me uh, you better not be doing that. You know, he's doing a little. Yeah, funny the voice thing. in his head thing that was pretty cool. You know, making her laugh. And hey, you know that's part of it. But I, I'm actually uh, looking at him over my nose. There's a scene. Early on, when um, when Daniel gets invited to the beach party, and you first get introduced to Johnny, they're all on their dirt bikes, and one of the kids is saying, "You know, Johnny, you're you're an ace degenerate," and he says, "I'm an ex degenerate." You know, like I feel like Johnny is trying to make strides to be a better person, and society is not quite letting him. Did you uh, did you see Cobra Kai the series? I did not see. He it. talks about that line. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I was going to turn things around, man, and then this punk kid just messes everything up. I, so yeah, there, I, <laughs> there's that point. I think that the punk kid, and I mean, a lot of it is Johnny's fault. Johnny shouldn't be going out of his way to fuck this kid up. But I, I understand where he's coming from because he's coming off a recent breakup. But at the same time, Johnny should not be beating this dude up. But at the same time. If you were trying to smoke a joint in the bathroom or yeah, Halloween... Yeah, how much you really trying to turn it around? You know? <laughs> That's a good point. Not just that, but, like, why Why is this kid spraying with a hose when you're trying to roll a joint? I guess revenge, ultimately, but I struggle with the Johnny-Daniel dynamic. Because I think Johnny isn't necessarily as bad of a guy as he's being portrayed as. A lot of times in the movies, when um, even when the kid uh, breaks... Daniel's kneecaps. You know, he apologizes immediately. He's yeah. like, I didn't want to do that. The, the sensei taught me that. I feel like we got a real nature versus nurture scenario here. And in the original film, that comes out a little bit more to me because the, the dojo instructor is so much of a cartoon character. <laughs> you know, um, I wrote down some notes here. Uh, strike first, strike hard, no mercy. Like, that is the mantra of the gym. There's a similar mantra in the new one, too. Why are you looking for that one? Um, strike first, strike hard, no mercy. That's one of them. Um, but it's also... Fear does not exist in this dojo. Pain does not exist in this dojo. Defeat does not exist in this dojo. And that is the Cobra Kai mantra. Okay, I found it. Okay. It's no weakness, no pain, no mercy. No weakness, no pain, no mercy. That was the the fighting dragons mantra. So that's okay. something they followed. Yeah, not as intense as John Kreese. Right, John Kreese <laughs> does a great job. Oh no, um, the... yeah, I didn't. I had a problem with the the bad guys in the new movie. Yeah, the new version. Yeah, I think that was the weakest part. Well, one of the problems. I know we said it was great uh, how Dre's young, but I think that's also one of the problems with the movie is because it's so young. So for me, the love story was weaker. And the bully was weaker too. Yeah, the motivation of the bully was especially weak because he's not—he's not even trying to date her. What's he doing? He's just being yeah. a dick, and I didn't yeah, understand it. Lack of, is he just racist? To go there, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say he's just kind of racist. 
that's I think the biggest problem with the uh, villains in the new film. A lot of their their motivation comes from racism, unfortunately. And again, I think it's more realistic and it's more understandable that this this cultural outsider is coming into their space, and you know um, they're trying to account for that. But the kids are so young, and it's kind of yeah. it's kind of like it's kind of shitty. It's more they're more bullies than the Cobra Kai. And the Cobra Kai are bullies. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. these people are just going out of their way to, like, fuck up some kid who really hasn't... Done anything to them. Done anything. Yeah. Whereas, like, Daniel kind of is, you know... He's, yeah, stepping in, he's, he's, like you said, he's going for Allie. That's Johnny's right. girl. Or in, right. in his head, that's his girl. So right. Johnny has, like, a reason to that to not right. like this right. guy. But, you know, Dre's not really doing anything. And not like Chang... You don't even get a sense that yeah. he's even liking no, this No, no. He never talks to... The girl. Uh, Other than basically just say, stay with your own kind. I mean, that's sort of the only <laughs> moment. It's tough when you're like a 11-year-old kid that like, you got to deliver that line, but here we are. You and know? yeah, and you don't even see Chang for so much in the movie. Right. It's, he's gone. Right. <laughs> I didn't know where he went. And, you know, a hero can only be as good as his villain. And if you don't, that's fair. if he's not a he has a good mode. He doesn't have a good motivation, and he's not even there for most of the film. So, Dre's journey. What it didn't feel like isn't like he needs to do this because no. he's going to get bullied. You didn't even really see him. No, no. For a while, I, I even didn't... but even in the original, after the Cobra Kai's are told not to fight Daniel, there's still like that looming doom. Like sure. they're still like following him around and like taunting him, and he's taunting them. There's still that back sure. and forth between them, but you get nothing between Jay, Dre and Chang after. Yeah. And I, I feel like the movie's missing that, and it, they focus too much on the new girl and then like her family, making them not want to hang out with Dre, which I, was weak for me because yeah. I thought the love story was weak. I think that Mr. Han, in terms of his context with the martial arts instructor, I think that part of the villainship makes a little bit more sense. I feel like Mr. Han has more of a stake with the dojo instructor than Mr. Miyagi, whereas like this is like a strip mall karate, <laughs> karate teacher. And Mr. Miyagi's like, Jesus Christ, like, I come from a long history of, like, this martial art, and this is a (laughs) bastardization of, I mean, like, those films, that makes sense, like, as dumb as the timeline is, that we're talking from, literally, September, he moved, so, I mean, does he start training in October, like, kind of, I mean, October, November, December. Not even. Don't even give October because it's a Halloween party. You're right. So you're going right. to assume it's, it's so, November. He's training because he's got he got beat up at the end of October. <laughs> so yeah, you're right. I mean, he's like trained a month and a half. He's got November. If we're being very fair, November like third to December nineteenth <laughs> to become a karate master. It's not even thirty one days in November. <laughs> pretty pretty rough. It's lucky he didn't start in February. <laughs> That's true. It's the shortest month. Uh, <laughs> The instructor's tension makes a little bit more sense in the newer film. But the newer film, because it's built into the story of the older film, that they're going to go to this tournament. The newer film, to me, doesn't do a good job of bringing to it. And as you mentioned, there's more stakes for Daniel than Dre when it comes to being bullied. Yes, they're both being bullied, but like Daniel is more specific there's more of an explanation of why he's being bullied. Right. There's Whereas, like, the other one is yeah. just, like, we're fucking with you because we are. We're messing with you because they did that in the original, so we have right. to do that. <laughs> right. That was, that was my feeling, like you mentioned, like, that because we did this before, these characters are now messing with you because that is the story, but there's less of a reason for them to fuck with yeah. you. Yeah, there's no love story. So I almost feel like in the, in the remake, they could have left out 
like a, a girl. Yeah. Because she didn't, she wasn't, she didn't seem like the motivation for the gang or for Chang. And no, Chang. no. And no. I feel like, you know, maybe they could have done something original there. They really could have taken that opportunity. Like maybe, maybe Dre's mom, like she gets her new job and then like maybe Chang's dad is out or something. I don't sure. know, just, just off the top of my head. Yeah. Just no. done something other than like rehashing, like you, it's I, so weird making these little kids have well, this love story. I know. And then, you know, I don't know. It didn't work for me. Yeah, it, it felt like they were forcing a love story because the first film had it. And honestly, I felt like if they were making that movie today, in my opinion, she would have had something to do with the martial arts. Like, she would have been training with Johnny or something like that and decided that, like, she couldn't train there anymore because of the way they treat the martial arts. They treat her as a side character. The newer girl has more of a stake instead of just being from money she is trying to further herself when it comes to music and making an opportunity for her life and in a cultural context that makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. that you know she's in China and this is an opportunity for her to build a stature of her family Elizabeth Shue her family has stature Daniel when he's upset with her is upset because he knows he doesn't fit in and he feels like she even though she likes him she feels like what is this, this can't be real. Like, she's from money, and I'm not. Mm-hmm. So Daniel has that conflict there. Whereas in this new film, it's like the conflict is, is her time being spent with this person that's not from her culture, is this taking away from her doing well or succeeding in her culture? It's like, is your time being spent with Dre actually taken away from your family? I don't think there's the same motivation between the two films. But I also feel like by making it so cultural and really making it based on race... You kind of take away from the fun of... Like, yeah. It's cool you're attacking that cultural element, but also it's a dumb karate movie. Yeah, and I guess that's kind of my problem, too. I just... I didn't I didn't really care. Right. <laughs> but, uh, right. But at the end of the day, because it's like... I, I was, it's supposed to be his story, and then spending a lot of time with... Uh, what's her name? Mei Ying? Yeah, and then... Like it the just and shadow it, theater. It's like, right, yeah, story. I thought that was interesting. I appreciate that because then it's more the culture than right, the experience. Sure, that, sure. Was, that was kind of cool. But and, you know, I guess you can't really have these little kids go on a date because they're way too young no. to do. Like like Daniel and Allie went to the arcade because oh, you couldn't have to, like, um, the golf and stuff. <laughs> oh, thanks. Golf thanks for clarifying stuff. that. <laughs> um, again, the love story just didn't work for me, right. and because it wasn't working, I didn't really care about her so much and I didn't really care that she had this audition with her strict parents which it, it didn't really like do anything the conflict yeah. like she wasn't allowed to hang out with Dre and then he kind of understood that and then he just went there and spoke Mandarin and fixed it right away it like wasn't like bothering him or right. it wasn't like affecting her life really like the separation the fact that they couldn't hang out so it was resolved without any issue so it almost seemed unnecessary to me that's a fair assessment because that Tension really doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, you know, um, it is. It is very brief. There, the parts in their story where the families don't agree or whatever, it just it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I mean, ha- had it been played out a little bit earlier or a little bit longer, well, know? there were stakes. Like, what what stakes does Dre have with her not getting into the music academy? Then somebody he cares about just doesn't get something they've been working hard sure, for. Sure, sure. But also, in the context of these films, there's just not enough time for you to really get that. And given his age, 
Yeah. Like, all that, like, yes, I understand that, but it doesn't actually affect him. I think he's just, that's one of the problems with the young age. It's just, yeah, these problems don't have as much weight, I think, as they I, would if they were older. Because, yeah, she's like 12, you know, if you don't get the audition, you'll get it next time. You're right. still young, right? right? And she still got it, so. That's it, a, that's it's not like thing. his hanging out with her caused her any grief. It was just her parents just didn't like it. As much as I like that they tried to flesh out the love interest in the new film, you're just not beating that Elizabeth Shue charm. Mm-hmm. I think she, I think she yeah. really shines in the movie. Like honestly, Elizabeth Shue does a lot of heavy lifting. Yeah, she's great. And then her chemistry with uh, Ralph Macchio is, I, I really like the chemistry yeah. there between the two of them. <laughs> I was watching um, when they went to golf and stuff. Now, I'm going to talk about golf and stuff a lot. Because <laughs> I think that's a ridiculous na- name for a place. But I think it's so, it flies on the radar, but I think it's so funny to me when she's teaching him how to, <laughs> to play. I didn't, I didn't see that. Oh, dude. They don't have a mini golf in Newark in the 80s. I guess not. Yeah, she's pretty forward. She's pretty forward. I mean, she, from, just, she from keeps coming up to him. You know, he's not really doing too much work in that relationship. They do a bunch of weird staring she's, at each other in the beginning, especially. Oh man, this is a long, long sequence of uh, staring and shit like that. Cultural differences. Yeah, I give the nod to the to the remake, but in terms of chemistry between the love interest and the main person, I mean Elizabeth Shue. Ralph Macchio chemistry is, uh, is powerful. Well, that has also to do with their ages, which is, I guess, another topic we can... I guess that that's a great question for us to come to. What's the age? Do you think it works making them younger, or do you think it works making them older in the first film? I, I think it works making them older in the first film, but I wanted to get like your take on that. I think there are parts that worked... Um, from making him younger, like I said, the emotional part, sure, making him cry, I, I got, I thought that worked better with a little kid. But as far as everything else goes, I don't know. I, it does. The stakes don't seem as high just because they are so young, right? Right. And it's like, how much? How serious? I don't know, because I don't know China. But like, how serious is it for like a twelve-year-old martial arts tournament? Is it that? Because it's like, yeah. for in the original, it's like this under-18 thing. So that, that covers like a whole sure. or spectrum. It's like, oh, the best under-18. But it's like, for the new one, it's like the best 12-year-old? Is that? Right. I didn't know the rules right. um, exactly. I didn't know if there's any stakes there. It just, I don't know. It, it didn't cover as much, I guess. I don't know. It also takes away a little bit of the agency for the martial artists. So, like, it does matter in both films that the sensei is when making them do the bad thing, mm-hmm. but like when you're dealing with people who are like 17 years old, the decisions that they make, even though they're being told by adults to, to make them, the decisions feel a little bit more weighted. Whereas, like, yeah, if, they're responsible if, for their decisions, of course, exactly. So, they know better, it's like they know better, and they there is a pushback, and they're able to push back in a more profound way mm-hmm. in the newer films. But ultimately, the martial arts instructor sort of gets him to go along with his plan. But it, it really is ridiculous, by the way, <laughs> that you, you're you blowing out the knee of some, like, random... 12-year-old kid. Yeah, you know? And then that's, that was one of the little changes, like, in the original, it's sweep the leg. In the new one, it's break the leg. I was just yeah. like, damn, yeah, <laughs> really? Sweep the leg, there's some ambiguity there. It's like, we weren't yeah, necessarily yeah. trying to 
fuck you up. We're not going to paralyze the kid. <laughs> and then he would break the leg. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ivan Drago shit. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Wow. Man, I like the first film. I like both of the films. I think the second film, the fight choreography is, is better. I think Much that, better. I think that there's elements of making them younger that work. But I think that there's also elements of, of them being older that actually really help drive the story. Where I felt like Daniel San and Allie were able to drive more story. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Than you could with the younger kids. Yeah. So you have the shadow theater or whatever, but it doesn't really help resolve or move anything, in my opinion. Yeah. It helps those two characters make a connection a little bit more, but. Story-wise. They can't, they can't go as deep as they could if they were older. No, exactly. Yeah, there's the limitations no. to what you can do with Absolutely. father-olds. Rightfully and, so. Yeah, <laughs> I hope so. Right? Rightfully um, so. And, yeah, and that, that definitely holds back the remake. I agree. It, yeah. Like, like I said before, the love story was weak, and it made the bully's motivation weak, which weakened the hero's journey for yeah. me. So everything was just hurt a little bit more because of the young age. Which S- makes- so I guess if you had to ask me, bottom line, the young age did hurt. It does more hurt. Than it, helped. it does hurt, and it makes you think too. Probably the reason they went that young is because they were trying to use the star power. Yeah, of Will Smith's son. I think it was really supposed to be intended as a launch vehicle for Jaden's career. I agree. I agree. And you know, Will Smith was. I think him and Jaden were both producers yes. on the new film. Yeah. So, yeah. If there was any issues with the agents like well your movie's not gonna get made okay yeah. we'll make the movie <laughs> right girls. right and from what i remember at the time pretty good success like the movie did oh yeah made really a lot well. of money yeah, yeah absolutely. a lot of money i remember enjoying rehashing it and seeing the remake in that fashion but watching them both back to back like that there was a lot of things about the first movie that worked because of honestly the choices that are made in the film Mm-hmm. Um, you can't make the same choices anymore, but they, yeah, they worked. It worked. It was I don't know. You know, yeah, the fight, the fight choreography. Just the I guess the maybe the training. That was another yeah. thing that was completely different. So in the original, we have our famous wax on, wax off, right, and all those other things. And then in the remake, we just have this jacket on and off, right. So let's talk about that. And did it work in the remake? One of the things about the fight choreography that I thought was interesting was that Daniel had far less questions about what was going on. I mean, eventually he did get to the point, because both of the characters get to the point where they say, what the fuck, I'm supposed to be learning karate mm-hmm. and you're not teaching me karate. But Daniel's son waxes a bunch of cars, paints fences, and paints a house before he even begins <laughs> to question what the plan is. And... I think I think it actually works for the movie um, in terms of there's more repetitive karate movements yeah. for him to to reference. So he's like paint fence, you know, right. uh, paint the house, or wax on, sand the thing. So it's like, oh shit! I was learning blocking, and I was learning blocking, and I was also learning other types of ways to block. Which seems to be a good thing to learn for if you're going to be really shitty at karate and have to try to win a points tournament. I think part of the reason, maybe, maybe part of the reason he didn't uh, just quit immediately is I think the the original did a really good job at establishing establishing the relationship between Daniel and Mr. Miyagi before right. the training. They I were agree. hanging out, 
cutting bonsai trees. You right. know, they were just hanging out in general. They never really hung out right. in the remake until the fight and he had to start training the kid. So That's he maybe great. saw him more as a teacher mentor in the remake where in the original he was more of a friend at first. That is fair. And now he became a That's teacher, fair. so I'm I'm not gonna see him as a teacher, he's kind of a friend. So maybe that's why. Yeah, no, I agree. Because I think, I honestly do think in in a way Dan, Daniel is more isolated. Like, it doesn't feel like it should be true, but Daniel seems to be a little bit more um, reliant on the Miyagi friendship. Yeah. It seems it, like it, more it, of a friendship. Than yeah. Because, like, Dre is struggling in the new school because <laughs> of his age and because of sort of what's going on. You almost feel like at some point he's, he should be able to work his way out of that. Whereas like the Dan relationship felt a little bit more, to me, like he had burned bridges and it would be hard for him to work his way back in. Whereas the other guy's just legitimately just being bullied. Outright being bullied and maybe there's a way to correct that, but the daniel son relationship was like, alright man, you're like 17, you just moved to this new place, you got no friends. And that connection that he and uh, Mr. Miyagi have is, to me, more powerful. Yeah. The bonsai tree intro, I think that's one thing the the new one misses, you know? The, that's true. The fact that you have something, like, as you mentioned, before the martial arts training, that bonds these two people. Because just jumping right into martial arts, okay, yeah, it's cool, but, like, you don't, you miss. Yeah, it's it stays more teacher-student right. than best friends, like, I think. Both movies have the line where they, or the teacher and students say, "You're my best friend." Right. I believed it a lot more in the original. Makes makes way more sense in the original than the new film that yeah. they would be best friends. And uh, the the original has the pack. I mean, it's kind of glossed over, but they do make a pack in that moment that he says, "No matter what happens, like you're going to listen to me." And Dan sounds like, yeah, I'm gonna listen to you, and then he immediately get, gets thrown some <laughs> like garbage. Shit I got some do. landscaping I need done. And like the new, the newer film, it it just makes because he didn't hold his own at any point in that transaction. It makes sense that he just dives in and listens to Mister Han. Mm-hmm. Whereas like Daniel was getting his ass kicked, but he also was slightly competent enough to kind of hold his own in some aspects of it. I mean, he was completely overwhelmed by the Cobra Kai. He felt more confident when he he hosed the guys down. I think in a one-on-one situation, he may have felt a little bit more comfortable against some of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, Johnny had his number completely, but it, he didn't seem completely overmatched. Right. Whereas in the new film, because of, honestly, the excellent choreography, <laughs> Will Smith's son does not seem to be in the league of competing with these guys at all. Yeah. These guys were killers. <laughs> I mean, those guys were tough. Tough people. Even Jackie Chan. Like, I'm like, Jackie Chan's like, yeah. in trouble? Oh my God. <laughs> they're, they're so yeah. difficult. I know I'm thrashing on the remake, but the first one's not <laughs> perfect either. No. There's a the lot, of, there's a lot, of, lot of flaws. It definitely captured something um, that it, you can't just recreate. Right. And as flawed as it is, it's still special in its own way. And Absolutely. I'm not so sure that the remake was able to make itself special i mean no difficult you know, capturing magic twice yeah that's the thing the movie doesn't fail on any level like the movie functions the mm-hmm. second film but that first one man as you and i both know there's so many 
things that happen in that film that people quote all the time. You know, the crane kick, the wax on, the wax off. The first film is more magical to me, but there's just you're never going to be able to catch lightning twice like that. Yeah, you know, I made fun of the moves before, but, you know, having those moves that seem stupid and him still being able to win, that's sort of that magical element. Because you can't, you wouldn't win if you had those moves, but he's able to do it. Right. So it does add a little extra magic. It literally is magic. There's it, no way he'd be able to it do is that. Magic. So yeah, it is. It's, it does make it more special that way. And the crane kick, this unblockable kick, right? Right. Unblockable. It's right. again, it's just this magic, like sort of sprinkles out. That that's true. The first film, I know it's just Reiki healing, but uh, Miss Miyagi fixes his shoulder and fixes his knee. Mm-hmm. You know, he's drawing on these mystical elements. Exactly. Yeah. True. There to it is help again. him succeed. Guess it goes back to what you said. Like we don't know. We didn't know as much back then. Right. So we we're able to accept it. Had they done the exact same things in this one, we'd be like, well, we know that's not real. <laughs> right. so he would just look silly, just rubbing his hands together, right. and I know your legs healed. I guess while it's definitely not magical like the first one, you do have to appreciate the remake for trying to make it fit today, because it wouldn't work. I think, to be fair to the remake, that's something that we need to take into account, that people just knew less about the subject matter, mm-hmm. which is why the Karate Kid captures people, because it took martial arts, karate, kung fu, all that stuff, and it put it in a context that everyone could understand. Yeah. You know, it, it brought in a character that was kind of like them. This Italian kid from Jersey <laughs> who, uh, you know, by, like, focusing and really taking on the lessons of this older uh, Asian gentleman, he's able to he's able to do things that you imagine a normal person wouldn't be able to do. It really is a magical story. It's a person who... For sure, in two months' time, and that's being really generous, in two months' time, there's no way he should be able to yeah. compete at the level he's at. But he's found this mystical yeah. trainer who's taught him lessons about not just karate, but the universe itself. Yeah. And I think everyone can relate to working hard. Everyone can relate to seemingly pointless tasks that have a greater meaning. And that's basically what that entire movie is about. Yeah, well, it's, it's a timeless story. This young, like, not really, you know, kind of ignorant kid meets this old mystical wizard right. who kind of teaches him the ways of everything. You could, it's Star Wars, man. It <laughs> is Star Wars. You just taught me the Force. Yeah. Now I know how to do it, and then I can do it. And that, as long as it's done right, you know, done different enough, I'll follow that story. I like the, I like that you bring up the Force because, you know, Miyagi's almost like a Yoda-like Yeah. Definitely has that. Or I was thinking, no. if you don't even have to go to Yoda. You can just go to Obi-Wan Kenobi. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And then the new film has a reference to the Force when they're on the train. Yeah, he calls them, yeah, I'm, the, yeah. You're, uh, I'm a Jedi and you're Yoda. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, yeah. What, do you, what, do you, what do you think about the old guy fights? The old guy beating on the little Yeah, thing? the old guy assault scenes. Um, well, obviously, the choreography is better. And the new one, and you know, Jackie, Jackie, Chance, Jackie, Chance. Right. So, like, it's so fast, and and I guess it's you know it's believable. And then you got the the other one in the original where it's a lot slower, and you can see every move. Yeah. It's like I guess. I mean, I I like the fighting a lot more in the newer ones. That's for sure. Yeah. Part of it is to be honestly frank, like how far martial arts has come. Yeah. Since 1984. Man, you're talking about yeah anybody could kick like in the beginning of the original Daniel just kicks the fence and says hiya and the 
and his neighbors are like, whoa, you know karate? Like, right. Just because he kicked a right. gate? It's like, that, that's, all, that's all you had to do when you knew karate back That's right, then. right. Yeah, the neighbor's like, oh, man, you got to teach me sometime. Yeah, just because he kicked a gate. <laughs> We've come a long way uh, in our knowledge of the martial arts since then. Absolutely. But um, Jackie Chan's sequence against those kids is just way, obviously, it's just a way more dynamic scene. And even though he's beating up kids, I think the way they choreograph it, they do it in a way where it's a little bit more defensive. Yeah, it's definitely defensive at first. And then he realizes, oh, they're not backing down. I got to do something. Right. You know, the kids are actually like attacking him, which mm-hmm. makes it a little more palatable that he beat up a bunch of yeah. children. They don't stop coming at him. Right. I think is the bottom line. Like he'll push them away and then they keep coming. It's like, well, now I got to. <laughs> Right, whereas uh, Mr. Miyagi is kind of assaulting some of these kids. Like, yeah. yes, he's defending Daniel, but at the same time, I don't know how much need there was, based on the way they filmed it, for him to throw down the type of beating that he did. Kicked one kid in the balls, man. <laughs> he most certainly did. <laughs> that doesn't seem honorable, Miyagi. Come on. Here's the thing. This is going to be controversial. I don't think Mr. Miyagi is, is that honorable, of a martial arts instructor. And hear me out. Okay. I know this isn't a popular take. When they get to the martial arts tournament, and they ask him, oh, what is this kid? Is he a brown belt? Is he a black belt? Because this is an advanced tournament. And Mr. Miyagi says, he is a black belt. I can't think of too many legitimate martial arts instructors that would give someone their black belt in under two months. That's, that's just not really... How well, that I think, <laughs> again, suspending disbelief, I think okay. it's just supposed to be like Miyagi's training is so impressive that it's so unorthodox that you kind of believe that you're able to become a karate master in such a short amount of time. Fair enough. Fair so enough. like I said, if you can buy wax on, wax off is a good defense, then maybe you can buy that he is a black belt. You know, to be fair, I mean, if you're talking about strip mall karate, you know, perhaps yeah, yeah. two months of like legitimate karate is better than... And I, I, Miyagi yeah. was able to beat these guys so easily. And That's he's, fair. And he's terrible. So maybe he's like, yeah. yeah I mean, <laughs> maybe he is a black belt. He wasn't moving that great. No, he was, he's just slow. You know, he's a slow old man, but he was able to beat these young kids. Crazy. Crazy how that works. Oh, I just... This is this has nothing to do with like comparing the movies. Okay. Uh, there was one scene where in the remake where Mr. Han flicked a toothpaste cap at young Dre. Yeah. I just want to point out in our last episode, there was toothpaste caps. There were toothpaste And now caps. there's a toothpaste cap in this remake. I'm just wondering if every own. remake we watch is going to have toothpaste caps. It's going to be our inception moment. <laughs> well, now we're going to have to look out for toothpaste caps. Yeah. There's, there's actually toothpaste caps in a lot of movies, and I think people so, don't notice. All right, we'll see. Because it was, it was a, they made a big deal about it, definitely in Charlie and Chocolate Factory. Right. It was definitely like, did you just flick a toothpaste cap at me? So I was just like, really? Another remake with <laughs> a toothpaste cap? That's fair. So keep your eyes out for toothpaste caps toothpaste in future caps. remakes, folks. That's very, very fair. <laughs> I just thought like that was a funny beat. I was like, I can't believe it's a toothpaste cap. You know, it's a funny, unnecessary beat. When they have him doing... <laughs> In the remake, when he, they're playing ping pong. Oh, yeah. And it, it's a long scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Dre starts kind of like... It, it's kind of a character-building scene. Sort of shows you kind of that he's a bit cocky. Yeah. Even when he shouldn't be. Which is like the amount of time they spend on him, like, getting destroyed in ping pong is... Uh, 
is probably unnecessary. Maybe they just didn't like Jaden during the the shoot, and they're like, well, let's have a lot of that scene of that old man beating him. Yeah. <laughs> it goes on for a while, and it's like filmed very similar to a fight scene. Strange, is all I'm saying. Strange. Strange indeed. One thing we so, haven't talked about yet is the music. Ah, yeah. We'll talk about that a little bit. The new, the new film has got a more modern, yeah, hip hop kind of feel to it. From a music perspective, even when you're talking about the love interest that's trying to be part of the Beijing Academy of Music or Dre, mm-hmm. so eloquently put it, Bam, um, <laughs> she's doing like Bach and more traditional cello music, and he's like, "Hey, check out this like hip hop stuff." So like they're trying to do this cross cultural thing mm-hmm. that I think is fun enough, but. 80s movies or 80s movies, and they <laughs> nail it, dude. Like, yeah. I don't know, when the montage is, uh, <laughs> you're the best. Oh, yeah, Joe oh, Esposito's You're the Best Rap. What, what are you going to do? It's a phenomenal track, and uh, they played Higher Ground, the Red Hot Chili Peppers cover of the Stevie yeah. Wonder song in the new one, which works fine. Sure. But, I mean, you're the best. That's such an oh, iconic yeah. song. Never I yeah. think had they included it in the remake, it might have taken you out of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I think it's a good decision not to have that song. But, man, it's such a classic song. And I like the soundtrack in general. Uh, I mean, they got Cruel Summer by Bananarama in the that original, was, too. That was pretty cool. That's a pretty cool song. And uh, in the new one, though, you got a Justin Bieber, Jaden Smith song. Oh, Never yeah. Say Never. Never Say Never. Well, which, you know, uh, ooh. There it is. That's the, yep. <laughs> do we need to talk about the music anymore? No, no. Well, we have a clear winner there. <laughs> it's such a bad song. I was just like, uh... I mean, that's, that's the one thing you worry about with these remakes. When you start seeing things like that, that's when the cash grab element comes mm. back into play. And you're like, yeah. no, why are you doing this shit? Never Say Never is a bad song. Any thoughts about the the original score? In the original, we have Bill Conti, who did the score. He's mm-hmm. famous for doing the score in the original Rocky. He wrote the Gonna Fly Now theme that everybody knows. Yes. And in the remake, we have James Horner, a well-renowned composer, yeah. rest in peace, uh, well-known for some of the movies that I like, Willow, Braveheart, Titanic, Beautiful Mind. This guy, Yeah. I'll say like, I took some notes on the score, and that's a testament to the, these people that you're referencing. First film, one of the scenes that people don't talk about a lot is when Daniel was first moved into Cali, and he's on his bike, and they run him off the side of the road. Mm-hmm. The music during that is pretty intense, and I think I really took note of how they did the music in the fight scene in the new film when they basically had their beating up the teens moment. Mm-hmm. When Jaden Smith's getting his ass kicked, as he's described in the film, and I guess they went for the PG-13 rating there. <laughs> but um, when he's getting his ass kicked, like, the score is actually pretty, pretty intense. Mm. And, you know, notable. So I will give the new movie this. I think that, as a lot of modern films do, they do a good job of foreshadowing things with music. I think the first film did a fine job, but, you know... The newer film, there were some dramatic moments. Oh, yeah, that came definitely out more film. emotional. I would say, like yeah. for me in the new film, that the moment that stood out with the music was when he's comforting Mr. Han after he just told him what happened to his sure. wife and son. You know that that music was playing was just like, 
oh man, <laughs> it, it felt really heavy for me. And then all the emotions that were happening on screen, so I really noticed the score there. Yeah, it was a re- it's a really moving score. Yeah. Really deep. But I also like the original too. Um, for me, the score really stands out uh, during the training montage. That's you have is you got these beautiful shots of Daniel just training. It's a lot of sunsets. <laughs> That's what we do in the sunsets. 80s. You got to train during sunsets. But you know, it just really works with the music. And it's, it's a really beautiful score too. Yeah. So I really like both scores. And they they work really well in each of the, the separate films. Yeah. I would say um, if we're going score versus score, to me it's a push. You know, I can't really yeah. name a winner there. That's the one place in the two movies where I feel like I'd have to call it pretty much neutral. I'd have to do the cop-out thing, too, and say a tie. For me, I know the original score more just because mm-hmm. I've seen it more. Mm-hmm. If I'd seen the remake more, maybe I would like that score more. Yeah. But only time could tell. That's true. Really. That's true. So, but when it comes to like actual songs, got to go with the original. Oh, yeah. Well, you're talking <laughs> song to song, the original, for sure. Um, part of it is that these songs have held up. Like, a lot of these 80s songs have mm-hmm. just, they've held up where, when you're talking about early, mid-2000s music, it, flashy, sort of sign of the times. Mm-hmm. So far, I think there's so much of that music that was just being pumped out for commercial right. purposes that it's hard to really say that the music's that good because it doesn't invoke the same emotions yeah and the only songs i really remember from the remake are back in black and higher ground which aren't songs yeah. that were written in the 2000s they're written much right. earlier that's right. the reason like i know those songs because yeah. those songs are timeless in their own right not because of the movie that's fair that's fair as ridiculous as it is never say never was a popular song i will say and i know we talked about this a bit with the choreography the karate in them the new movie is better, but I think we got to have a real conversation right now, Dan. Okay. It, one movie, well, both movies are called The Karate Kid. Oh, right. One movie has karate. One movie has a lot of kung fu. Right. The remake is actually kung fu because that's, we go to China and kung fu is where I, it originates in China. And I get and, that and I respect that, but it's... So it's the same way they destroyed that little kid in me. This is a disqualifier movie. <laughs> well, I think the reason you couldn't call it the Kung Fu Kid is because you are following all these beats. Of course. So of course. to call it Kung Fu Kid, it's like, what are you trying to do? You're doing exactly the same thing as Karate Kid. Why don't you just call it Karate right. Kid? Because it's Kung Fu and they're not the same thing? Well, I don't, you know, the modern moviegoer, right. especially <laughs> the Western moviegoers, not going to be able to discern the difference between Kung Fu and Karate. I don't know the difference between right. Kung Fu and Karate. I know that the movies do. Well, one, Pat, the first one does Karate. but Well, Pat tries to explain it. You know, Karate is a 16th century martial art. <laughs> <laughs> uh, te meaning hand and Karate meaning open hand. And, uh, you know, he explains how uh, in Okinawa, the Miyagi's <laughs> had a, a strong history of it. And, um, you know, there's a little bit of a play between Japan and China is one of those cultural moments where the two cultures have uh, blended together to create one of the uh, greatest martial arts that's ever been known. Uh, the other one is... What, you Kung- tell me about Kung Fu now? No, I got nothing. <laughs> because the new movie doesn't explain Kung Fu. I think they had to shy away from it. They couldn't be like, I'm teaching you Kung Fu, but why is it called Karate Kid? I think that would just confuse That's true. That would that, just confuse That's true. They, they have the moment where they go to the big square and you see like how 
important martial arts arts of the culture where um, you have all the young kids who are training mm-hmm. and and um, then you go inside the building with the guy who's giving them a less scrupulous form of <laughs> martial arts but this is clear that martial arts are a big part of the culture the original karate kid is more introducing you to that culture yeah. the newer film is like by the way just because you guys <laughs> found out about karate in the 80s doesn't mean that it hasn't had a long history. So I think the newer film visually does a better job of um, paying homage and representation to the martial arts. However, weirdly enough, the older film does a better job in that one little dumb sequence does a better job of trying to give you a history Hmm. of martial arts. Is it good history? (laughs) Not necessarily, but at least... You remembered it, so... (laughs) A little bar trivia for you. Give you some context, you know? Just going back to it, in China, this wasn't called The Karate Kid, the remake. It was called Kung Fu Dream when it was released in China. And in Japan and South Korea, it was called Best Kid, not Karate Kid. Be best. Best kid. Best kid. And I think in China, it was edited so that Dre initiates the fights with the bullies, not the other way around. That... In a weirdly racist way, it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> that that is part part of the movie, the newer movie that um I think you can kind of hone in on and, and pay attention to. He is getting um kicked around in a culture that typically, you know, from a stereotypical standpoint, people look at as a place of respect, a place of honor, and he's run into these characters who are just they're not good. People, you know, yeah. the kids aren't good kids. It's not their fault, obviously. Same way as the original Karate Kid, but you wouldn't expect the type of bullying that you're seeing based on the way um, Western culture has romanticized Asian culture mm-hmm. in the first place. In in a weird way, like Mr. Miyagi in the first film is such a mystical sort of perfect isn't the right word, but like a character that is above typical morals and standards and Dre is getting kind of his ass kicked in a place of uh, what we would expect to be like a respectful place so I can I understand that cut I understand China being like hey by the way (laughs) we don't just kick people's asses because it's probably not good for tourism oh so I want to talk about one other uh, the the fighting thing sure so in the original the the fight ends with the crane kick of course right in the remake we get this Cobra snake mental game thing going on. Yeah, you know. What did you think about that? I thought that it was a nice touch because in Kung Fu there is the snake stance and they kind of give you, again, they don't say it out loud like the the other movie, but like they show you sort of like the origins where like people would see these different creatures and stuff like that and they would sort of mimic movements off of them and they incorporate them. Well, you weren't watching close enough because the snake was mimicking the woman. Oh. oh. <laughs> That's right. Damn. Way to bring it back, <laughs> Way to bring it back. But uh, yeah, I mean, the snake stance, it's cool. It's cool. Crane kick is a little bit more. It's just, again, it's that iconic moment. It's yeah. the, it's the, it's the DVD magic. cover. It's the unblockable move. This magical. It, it right. goes back to the first one being magical. It's this magical move that's not supposed to be blocked. He learns about it, and it, it's like, oh, he, he's not sure he can do it. He's trying. He's failing. Right. Right. He's doing it in his practice, but then magically at the end, he's able to do it, and it wins the day for him. Yeah. And then in the remake, I you know we can't do the exact thing, so we had to change it, and it's. The snake thing that I, I, I didn't really understand it. The way it's explained earlier in the movie is mm-hmm. that she's calm 
this uh, woman, she's training. She's pretty much moving really slowly, and this cobra is just following her, right? right. And we're learning that she's so calm, and then that the snake is able to follow her, and like she's sort of almost controlling its moves right. through her mind, I guess. Sure. So he kind of tries it later. It's kind of a funny beat with his mom later in the movie. And then I guess he does it during the final fight, and does it throw off... Chang is that I don't I didn't really understand I, what it did to him. To really, help him win. I don't think they really get into that. I mean, they should because it's introduced, and I don't think they explain that well enough. But I will say that if you want to go from the perspective of Chang has such an advantage, they're like there's really no reason for him at this point to take that loss, but for Dre to be able to mentally draw him in and force him to overcommit, which allowed him to ultimately win the, the match. Again, that's me speculating from the perspective of what you're saying. Right. It's not outlined. So yeah, you yeah. have to draw that conclusion. That's not even necessarily what you, <laughs> you saw. It could just be some lazy-ass writing and that, hey, snake stance. That's a stance we can use. We're not going to do crane because they think we're going to do crane and we're going to go with snake. Yeah. And that's sort of the end result you get. Yeah, it was it was okay, but I, I like crane kick better. Definitely. Yeah, I thought that bitch and backflip was pretty cool though. The yeah. one legged oh, yeah. backflip, sonic to the kick, head kick. <laughs> yeah. a little flash kick action. But um, no, nah, crane kick. I mean, it's cool foreshadowing and it, and it works really well in the movie. Yeah, where it's like, oh shit, you only got one leg now. Well, cool because you learn yeah this technique. Yeah, yeah, was, and then just that moment when he hits, when he makes contact, yeah. and then it's like the music, and it's just like, oh, Man, you're just me. jumping out of your chair, going, yeah, I did it. Correct me if I'm wrong, because like the snake kick thing too is sort of independent. Like it's a different martial artist that's doing it, and he's like asking questions about the technique and stuff like that. But it's not like Jackie Chan was like, no, oh yeah, this snake shit's dope. No, Mr. Han wasn't teaching him. He's like that. That takes many years to learn. It's right, like, you're not you there yet. You can't learn that. Whereas uh, Mr. Miyagi, it's kind of similar where he's doing a more higher level technique, and he does explain. Mm-hmm. I'm black. Okay, sure, sure, whatever. We'll, we'll go with that. <laughs> but um, he is explaining that it's a higher level technique, but like at least it's sourced from him. Right. And they do practice it at some points in the montages. You know, he's on the pier and all that. I guess it makes more sense for makes, Daniel to do it because he saw Miyagi doing it. Right. As opposed to Dre, who just saw some random person doing it. It looks cool to him, but right. like, he didn't... It, and you don't really see him training it it's or practicing less, it. It's le- which makes it less impactful. Yeah. Less impactful. And then, you know, it's also, like, clearly, they just don't want to do the crane thing again. Whereas, like, they could have done the exact same scene with the crane. I don't know if that's a licensing thing I don't know if that's like <laughs> seriously like no I think I, they had the rights to everything I mean they had the rights to Karate Kid so that's they, fair. They, I'm sure they had the rights to do like the crane kick that's fair and I think also you know to be frank as well from a marketing standpoint this movie is pushing a different logo whereas like the original Karate Kid the crane kick is in the logo <laughs> that's basically the DVD cover that's the logo Whereas this one has almost like... Like a Jean-Claude Van Damme yeah, kind of like air a split, split kit. That's the one thing I'll give the new movie. That the level of athleticism that had to be achieved... Oh, yeah. Was obviously more... Just more. like It's definitely more believable. I, mean, I, I can believe that Jaden actually can do these things. More than like... Well, because he did. Yeah. Things, <laughs> there you go. You know? I wouldn't want Ralph Macchio backing me up in a fight. I guess no. <laughs> I would want young young Jaden Smith. He's like, yeah, this kid can actually fight. <laughs> I agree, but yeah, um, if you're asking about finishing moves, for sure, Karate Kid beats out. Yeah. Even with the backflip, it's just 
captured minds on his own. You didn't need someone to tell you that was a bitchin' move because everyone's like, holy shit, yeah. that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, th- I just think that's the main thing that, um, and we may see this with a lot of the originals, just how organic the things that became those legendary and iconic moments were. So, like, no one had to tell you the crane kick was cool. It was. After that, the studios and things like that were like, oh, yeah, this is definitely how we're marketing this film. Because, like, you really don't see a lot of crane kick. It's... <laughs> if there's a minute worth of it in the movie, I'd be shocked. Really. It's true. What'd you think about the tournament rules or lack of explanation of uh, what was going on? In the remake? I think in the remake, they almost do a better job because you have to, like, see this digital... Oh, logo, and you actually see the points on the screen. Yeah, yeah. The original one, they—it's almost like, eh, well, you know, you gotta get two points. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, well, you you hit him twice. Right. <laughs> That's kind of funny. I mean, it, it worked fine. I didn't need more explanation than I got in the original. I thought it was funny that Miyagi had no idea what he was doing. That's a funny little beat in the original. I thought that was hilarious too, which I enjoy. Like they introduce characters that seem to matter but don't really matter, oh, yeah. like Mohawk guy and all this stuff. <laughs> It's like, oh, I got a cool mohawk, and I kick fast. And I like, thought he should have been the main villain. I the remake. Think so, man. Yeah, definitely. I was like, because he had a get badass look. It yep. was just like the other the other villain just looked kind of normal. He didn't have anything dangerous about him. But you put this kid with the mohawk, and like his side of his head was shaved, but he had sideburns. <laughs> it was like it was kind of cool. I also think that um, the choices they made after they introduced the the dead wife and kids uh, thing from uh, the original, I thought that. The fact that she had made the bonsai patch for the gi, I thought that was a really nice touch. Oh, yeah. That they brought back in the bonsai tree and they used it as a logo throughout the film. Um, it's a little more personal than the new film, whereas it's just kind of like, we got cool karate or kung fu outfits. But there's not really a big connection back to Jackie Chan or his backstory. That's true. I think the original movie... Well, it's a, that's why the best friends thing works even more. Yeah. It's like, I'm giving you this thing that's like, so you know how dear this is to me. Right. And then, wow. Yeah, I just, I just think you... that the first film just, like a lot of the uh, originals I think they're going to run into, there's just a little bit more heart. You know, things happen that feel a little more personal than you'll see in uh, some of these newer films. Which is surprising because the remake is definitely like more heavy with emotion. Like, it's definitely like a lot of heavier moments, but... I guess, yeah, there's definitely more heart, especially between, like, the master-teacher relationship. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that sometimes that's what it comes down to. Explaining things doesn't necessarily beat chemistry. Just I, I think that first film does a really, really good job of uh, the characters all feel a little bit more connected. And part of it could be, you know, unfortunately, it's a smart and bold choice, but part of it could be that because there's a language barrier, you're actually taking away from people's ability to connect to Chang, for instance. Right. Like, there's a connection to Johnny. Like, yeah, Johnny can be a douchebag, but he also, his motivation makes sense to me. Whereas, like, Chang, maybe it does as well, but, like, I don't know because I don't really under, understand him. You we know? also don't get as much of him, so. That's true. An undeveloped character. Definitely. That's true. Which uh, didn't necessarily need to, ha- need to happen because Chang could have been um, more fleshed out. Definitely. That was that's my main gripe. That's a big big gripe. And the uh, love interest, again, she does a fine enough job. Like she doesn't have clearly nearly as much um, personality. No, as, absolutely. As I think that's where even with the more realistic script, even with the more um, you know true to the actual form of the martial arts, true to a cultural thing, 
culturally accurate doesn't necessarily take care of the fact that you're filming a, a movie and that the characters are what are ultimately driving the plot because we, we care more about the who than the why, I think. And for me, that makes the original movie work more. I agree. I can't, I can't <laughs> add anything to that. All right, so do you think it was worth it? Should they have made this remake? What do you think? I think it was worth it. I don't I don't have any real gripe with the remake. Like I don't think the remake bothers me. You know, it's not like the Karate Kid didn't have multiple sequels that, you know, this isn't sacred territory here. <laughs> the I think the most sacred thing that you don't want to um encroach on is Mr. Miyagi. Iconic character um all respect to Pat fucking Beautiful performance, great character. Smart choice picking Jackie Chan. Smart choice. You know, Jackie Chan is a respectable figure, a true martial artist, and, you know, the American audiences were already familiar with him. So, the remake does a lot of what the original does. You cannot replace that 80s magic. You just can't. And I think we're seeing a lot of that with a lot of the remakes they're trying to make these days. It was worth revisiting and I think they did a good enough job that I don't have a problem with the new movie at all yeah I'm gonna agree with you uh I like I said I only saw it once and I remember not liking it too much or not caring for it too much but after rewatching it now I I, I really enjoyed it watching this remake yeah. they changed enough right right like you said you can't Mr. Miyagi that's sacred you don't want to do that and I right. feel like other other things that were like kind of sacred, like the wax on, wax off. As silly as it is, it's an iconic moment. And by you know straying away from it, doing something else, you know, you don't have to. I'm not going to compare it like how they did it to how it was done in the original. Right. It's not. I'm not going to be like, oh, now it's silly it's watching uh, watching Jaden do it. No, they did their own thing, and I, right. I really appreciated right. it. And you know, as much as I love the original, it's it's not the perfect movie. So I could understand having a remake to to make it like more modern for a more modern audience. Sure. And I think it works really well. All the changes um, work really... Oh, not all the changes, but a lot of the changes, lot of changes work really well. I like the new location. I like, um, you know, just changing everybody's race. I had no problem with that. Sure. I thought it was great. And uh, they changed enough of it where it's, it does definitely stand kind of on its own. You know, without disrespecting the original. There's nods to the original, and like I, I, I got a kick out of it. When he had the chopsticks and he used the fly swatter instead, right. I, I got a kick out of that. Yes. So if you yes. like the original, I think you're going to like what you see here, and it's not going to take away from it at all. No. And no. It's totally worthwhile, and it's totally good on its own ground. As much as I was ripping into it, you know, because I love the original so much, but it definitely did enough, and it made enough changes, and it's an enjoyable film, definitely. What I think, definitely good. What I think... I like about this remake and what makes remakes like this work is that you are dealing with just completely different characters. Yeah. It's the same. Changing the names too, that helps right. a lot. It, this is a modern take on that story. That's all this is. It, mm -hmm. It's not like we're not revisiting Mr. Miyagi. We're not revisiting Daniel-san. Yep. Like they, they're doing the same thing, Mr. Han and Dre, but they're not the same Characters. Like I said, same beats, just playing some different notes, and that works beautifully. Oh, always a recommendation if you're going to go Hollywood, because people are married to these characters. Mm -hmm. When you start rebooting things and you're trying to revamp, uh, for instance, like Han Solo, <laughs> <laughs> we don't need 
we we like the character that we like. So right. if you're gonna do a remake like this, it's always a smart choice to just clean slate different characters. Exactly. Yeah. Definitely. Smart. Smart call. Because it's just less distracting. Mm-hmm. It's less yeah, you're not going to be constantly comparing in your head. Right. Yeah. Like I think uh, the last one we watched, like the Wonka and the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, these were all the same characters. So you right. have to do a one to one comparison, and I think that it takes away from what the more modern directors and writers are trying to do. So this was a smart call. I don't hate the movie at all. I actually no. enjoy the movie. Yeah, I like However, it a lot. The first one is the first one, and you can never recapture that magic. Exactly. There was a magic that was captured, and you, you can do that in the remake. Yeah. I mean, even just from a cultural context, you cannot you cannot make 2010 America the same as 1984. Mm-hmm. You just can't. So you're yeah. never going to really get that kung fu mania again. And I think with a lot of the remakes that we watch, I think the ones we're going to like the most are the ones that do kind of clean slate yeah. it, do change the characters. I agree. And I think those are the ones that, yeah, that'll be good. I, I agree. So it doesn't mean we're not going to watch. Oh, we're still going to watch a bunch. <laughs> we're going to watch a bunch of ones where they try to do scene for scene, and I think we're going to find that those movies struggle. Mm-hmm. Can't wait. <laughs> Cannot wait. All right. Well, this has been episode two of uh, Retro vs. Remake. Yeah. Another one in the books, Dan. Retro vs. Remake <laughs> number two. Yeah, we did it. Episode two. The Karate Kid and the Karate Kid. <laughs> <laughs> Easy to remember the names this time. Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Of course, leave us suggestions. Uh, I'm Dan. You could message me. I'm at Console Wars Guys at, on Twitter. So. And I'm Reggie Parker at RP Comedy. RP Comedy on uh, Twitter and Instagram. And yeah, this was a Retroverse Remake. We're going to do a lot more of these. So thanks for listening. Laters.